Good evening. This is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundant Success Series. Our spotlight is on entrepreneurship, and I saw this person, who's our awesome guest, Eric Jones, on PBS. He was featuring his business, LF LS Shoes, like father, like son. He's the designer of dress shoes, stylish Oxfords, even heels for the ladies. I don't know if you saw a picture of the Bachman Black and Gold, uniquely designed loafers by LF LS Shoes. He's had this passion and this eye for style. It's just a natural thing for him. Born in West Helena, Arkansas, lost both of his parents in his childhood, but since childhood he's known that this is his path of style. We start this interview right now. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I saw you on Startups, and um, I was really uh, taken aback. I was like, wow, the brother is actually designing shoes. I want you to tell our audience a little bit about where you're from and a bit about your background before you even got into the style industry. Yeah, so I grew up in uh, southeast Arkansas, a little poor, underrepresented town, uh, called Helena, Arkansas. Uh grew up there. Uh went to church a lot. I grew up in church. My stepdad, he was a pastor. My mom, she was the first lady. And uh, prior to that, you know, I was growing up in a, a poor situation. I guess had rats, roaches, holes in the walls and stuff like that. Uh and my mom was like two or three jobs, you know, to make ends meet and stuff. Uh my grandma took care of me a lot. Uh so I had to mature really early, I guess, in a way. And I never really got to go out, just chill, hang out and be a kid. Um and in 2010, my grandma passed. She ended up passing away. Uh, and then fast forward in 2013, as soon as I got to college, uh, my biological father, he ended up passing away too. So I had to go, I had to leave college and, uh, and go back for his funeral. And another big part of my story is fast forwarding to right before I jumped full time after I graduated college into my business, uh, my mom passed away in, uh, 2016. So I've lost, you know, people like three years apart. And that, that kind of plays a huge part in my in my story and my life and what I do and my purpose. Uh, but that's kind of what was going on prior to, you know, getting into the shoe industry uh, and stuff like that. Now, you learned some interesting things growing up, I know, from all of the uh, mentors, your, your, your father, your mom, and your grandma, mm-hmm. uh, that have made you into the man and the uh, success that you are today. Um, yeah. What are some of those things that you learned? Because you said you, you couldn't be a kid. I can relate. You know, I grew up in children's hospitals, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you have to really grow up fast and when you have really challenging situations. What were some of the fundamentals and things that you learned from those people in your life that have passed on? Yeah, so I, I know my mom, I, I put this quote every, everywhere, uh, even on my on my, my personal website, she would always say, "Don't look, look, don't look like what you're going through or what you've been through." And then after she passed away, I started to see a lot of other things that she wouldn't share with me and she wouldn't tell me, uh, like like she how many times she had went bankrupt and you know how even more like beyond what I could see and imagine how hard it was to you know give me the life that, and I mean I guess a, a provide a better life than what I had when I was a kid. So yeah, I always remember that for sure. Like just never look, look never look like what you're going through, what you've been through. Uh, and I try to hold myself to that standard, you know, even if I'm having a bad day and no one can tell, you know, I dress up, still goofy, still energetic, still having a good time, 
and it's not necessarily hiding that that uh that struggle or hiding that like you know bad feeling or that bad day. It's just like you know it's how you react to that situation. So I, I learned how to react to certain situations and to certain experiences in a in a more positive way uh, from my mother, uh, my dad, and my stepdad. They taught me a lot about you know hustling and always going to get it. I'll have to wake up early. Go to work, uh, even on the weekends, you know. No, I, I, that's why I don't really like holidays now. I don't like breaks. You know, and if I'm taking a trip, you know, it's for business. But I, I love what I do. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of like a vacation and a, and a business trip all in one. <laughs> so, that's the luxury yeah. of that. But they they really taught me how to be a go-getter. And, you know, you got to get off your butt if you want to make something happen. Because nothing's given to you in life, you know. And uh, they also taught me how to you know, create my own future because, you know, the, the best way to predict your future is to create it yourself. And, you know, I've been taking leaps of faith like crazy <laughs> all my life. So I've definitely, you know, mastered, you know, being able to create my own future and, you know, mold my future into what I want it to be and what I, what I you know, I see as like true potential for me, you know, like to achieve with success or the lifestyle I want to live and things of that nature. <laughs> And your grandma. And my grandma, she was she was older when I um like I don't remember a lot from you know when she was like uh, when she didn't have Alzheimer's and stuff. So she had Alzheimer's when I when I became old enough to kind of like remember stuff uh, going on with us. So, I mean, she was more when I was in elementary school or younger, even like uh, preschool and kindergarten. Uh, she was still like sick and and down and everything. So there's not a whole lot that I can remember that she you know like taught me. But I know she took care of me. And if, and if she hadn't been there to take care of me, I don't know what you know my mom would have done. Uh, so she played a big role in my life. <clears throat> and uh, the role kind of switched. I had to help my mom take care of her uh, during during like middle school and uh, in high school. So you know that I didn't really. I didn't really get to learn too much from her as I got older, but uh, I'm pretty sure that she played a huge part in, you know, also the man that I've become today because I was with her all the time while my mom was working, so. Right, right. Yeah. Now, losing childhood, I mean, that's that's pretty big. You're maturing, and I'm sure that you felt many times older than your peers. How did you maneuver? Yeah. <laughs> Junior high, high school, um, formidable years. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I was always that person that like stood out because I wasn't that that I was goofy and I was childish, but I was focused. You know, I wasn't that like huge class clown. I wasn't that thug. I wasn't sagging. I wasn't I wasn't selling dope. I wasn't you know following the stereotypical like person that I was around. I didn't let my surroundings determine my my like you know the outcome that I was gonna have in my life. So uh, someone had said you know don't be cool for a day. Figure out a way to be cool forever. So I think I mastered, you know, figuring out how to be cool forever being in a certain situation and growing up in the environment I grew up in because now I look back at the people that were cool in that moment and I was like, dang, I want to be like them. They're so cool. They're like, you know, everybody likes them, whatever. Um, those are the people that are looking up to me now because of the things that I'm doing and I'm just so grateful that, you know, my upbringings allowed me to, you know, not go astray from, you know, being cool in that moment. You know, instead of like, you know, instead of being cool in that moment, being figuring out how to be cool forever. So, you know, I, yeah, my upbringing played a huge part in it, and I just maneuvered um, by just dealing with it and just loving who I was and and just never <laughs> just breaking down and being like, ah, oh, dang, you know, I might need to go sell drugs or I might need to fight or I might need to steal, I might need to do this and do that. You know, so yeah, it's, it's just the roots and the upbringing 
allowed me to maneuver it uh, and just ignore it and just stay true to myself at the end of the day. Awesome. Now, usually, you know, the, 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 the status quo tells you you've got to go to school in order to get a great mm-hmm. job. When I was looking at your expose, you were saying, you know, I want to start a business. Mm-hmm. When did that uh, seed come into your mind? Was it always there, or did you kind of realize, was there a turning point you realized, oh, wait a minute, I need to do this myself. I I don't want somebody else's job. I want to create my own reality. Yeah, so I, I I didn't I didn't know a lot about entrepreneurship because growing up in the area I grew up in, you know, we're not taught about that lifestyle or we're, we're all, every most people are taught that cycle like you know go to school, uh, go to college, get your degree, get a good job, find a wife, get married, have kids, then die. Um, but me looking back at what my mom had to go through working the two or three jobs and you know still barely making ends meet, I knew that there was something more to life. And I didn't, I didn't get boxed in, you know, to the area I was in. You know, I was able to get out and uh, through a program at the college I went through. You know, they, I went to, they uh, came down and they got us and they brought us up for ACT Academy, uh, early access programs, and we got, I guess, exposed to to other things in life. You know, we got to see that there was more potential in life and more opportunities. So, you know, that the, the entrepreneurship popped up around my junior year and. I majored in fashion because of the way I dressed, and one of my one of my advisors was like, "Oh, try out this fashion major since you don't like business and you can't get an architecture." And you know, it just went, it kind of went from there. And I didn't know how I was gonna like build a business um, in fashion. I didn't think about like owning the business when I first got into fashion. I was just in it just to be in it, you know. And then I read an article about a girl who started a shoe company. She didn't know anything about shoes. She just um, she just had money and connections, and I was like, you know, I don't got the money, I don't got all the connections I need, but, you know, I can draw, and I'm majoring in fashion, so let me kind of try to, like, utilize this and see how I can, you know, build something of my own. Uh, because I've always been a hard worker, but I started to understand that, you know, if if I died tomorrow, and say, for instance, I had a kid, you know, or something, that job won't be passed down to them, that degree won't be passed down to them, but, you know, my job will be posted the day after that that like company finds that I'm dead. So you know what kind of value like they don't value my life as much as you know. I feel like my life should be valued. So you know I didn't want to cap put on my success. Uh, you know I didn't want to cap put on my salary. Um, you know it, it's just a whole lot of different things that that played into me deciding that entrepreneurship was kind of like the way for me because I'm a very unique person and I I can't sit in the cubicle. I love people. I love talking. I love being goofy. I love being myself. So I was like, yo, I got to create my own life. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what I did through that. You know, and I've been doing that ever since I walked across the stage. Awesome. Now, in starting a business, I mean, that, that, that you know, is commendable to really get in there. But it's not an overnight process. You have to have the right mentors. You have to have the right people. Mm-hmm. How did you know where to go? I don't know where to go to find those people. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's, it's hard uh, to honestly find those people being a black uh, young a black man or a black woman um, because we don't really find a lot of people that look like us that are successful and accessible right. for us to uh, you know communicate with or get advice from and you know being able to connect with somebody that looks like you has been through what you're going what you're going to go through and they can relate with you on a different level is it, is it, very hard. So it was it was hard for me to find mentors and, and friends and, and brothers that, you know, fit 
I guess my mindset and, you know, older men that could, you know, be a mentor to me or be a, a figure or someone, someone for me to look up to from a, a business standpoint. But over time, um, social media has allowed me to come in contact with a lot of great black men uh, that definitely play a huge part in my life and the success I've had so far and the, and the success I will have in the future. Um, so, yeah, social media played a huge part. I, I didn't plan on going to social media to find mentors and brothers and friends that, you know, are on the same wavelength as me, but that's where, you know, five or six <laughs> of the guys that I'm really close to, uh, like family, like mentors, that's, I, I, they've all come from social media. So it's crazy how social media makes the world so small. It's like it puts the world in your hand. And if you utilize it the right way, it can be a, a very, very, very powerful tool. So I definitely recommend to anybody that's listening, anybody that wants to be an entrepreneur, anybody that is, you know, like don't talk down on social media just because of the way you use it. Shift your mindset, mindset and perspective on how you use social media. And then, you know, it, you'll start to see the, the value of even having social media uh, in today's time because it's very, very, very powerful. So that's where I found my mentors. And, you know, over time I've been able to fly to different cities and meet them and network with them, go to events, and, of course, phone calls, getting advice and tips and always messaging me and stuff like that. So that's where I found them. And I recommend a lot of people find them on social media because it's it's crazy. If, you, if you're in an area where you can't find somebody that looks like you, that can relate to you, that's successful, you know, go to social media, go to LinkedIn, go wherever you got to go and travel or get out of that state. And, um, and it just, yeah, and it will happen. It's crazy. Well, that's why we're talking. <laughs> I can no, right. agree. Social media is is it, you know? Yeah, it is. It's, it's very, very, very powerful. Like just, just the media in general. Like you, you saw my my episode for like a commercial or something, and then social media allows you to find my number and call me. And it's just crazy how like back in the day, if you saw a commercial, it, it would be so difficult to if it wasn't a number on that screen to, to find that individual or that find that company or find that person. Right. But on social media, I mean, at least, at least, you know, if you blink, you can always go back and, you know, find that number, find that address, et cetera. Yeah. And yep. Um, mm-hmm. that's what I love about that. Now, you uh, mentioned something in one of the interviews that your mother was not on board, but got on board that, you know, when you said that you wanted to start your business before you finished college, um, and she was an early part of helping you. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so being that I had a, had parents that didn't really go to college, like, you know, like the the traditional college, it was, um, I, I'm not like, I won't say I'm first generation <laughs> because I'm really not, but... Uh, my mom, she wanted me to, she, because of the way we grew up and where we came from, she, she, want, she wanted me to be secure, secure. So she knew that going to college, getting a degree, and getting a good job was, like, the best way to make sure I was secure, had money, had uh, a foundation to build off of and things of that nature. Uh, so she wanted me to be safe, you know. And, and then knowing that, she, that we didn't have the money to actually start a business and fund a business was another thing that probably played a part in it for her uh, as well. But... After I tell people all the time, nobody will invest in you until you invest in yourself. And that's family, friends, mentors, whoever, investors, anything. Uh, you have to invest in yourself. So I, I started doing research on my own, uh, posting about stuff, uh, finding factories, trying to figure out how I can get a sample made, sketching shoes. And and then she saw that and she noticed it. And she was like, okay, if you really, really want to do this, you know, I'll get some credit cards and um, I'll help you pay for your first samples and your first order of shoes. 
and that's kind of how it went down. You know, we didn't we didn't have like funding or startup capital or anything like that. You know, we went off credit cards, and then uh, and then she ended up passing uh, after I got my samples and right before I graduated college. So she really never got to see me sell a pair of shoes. Uh, but if I had waited until after college, like she wanted me to do, I wouldn't have this business. I wouldn't be on the phone call with you. I wouldn't be inspiring thousands of people, et cetera, so on, so on, so on. So it, it's crazy how how things happen and uh, how much she left behind for me to like you know actually build something that I can pass down when I leave when I when I um, you know leave this earth. I love your fashion flair. The shoes caught my eye. And I know mm-hmm. you um, style your shoes for men and now women. Will you be expanding mm-hmm. your brand? Yes, I yes. want to expand. So, so it was funny. Um, like, I started off the brand. It was like father, like son. Uh, that's what LFLS means. Uh, and I wanted to have the same design of shoes for fathers and their sons. Because it, it kind of falls short. Like, if you go to, like, a red carpet event, and they have the same suit on, but... You know, you have the you have the son with like box toe uh, shoes, black just basic black shoes. They have the father with like some real nice flashy loafers on, and I wanted to kind of fill that void in the market. Uh, but then women came along, <laughs> and they were like, "Hey, you know, where are shoes at? We want some shoes. We like these shoes. Why can't I wear these?" So I dropped it down to the acronym of LFLS to make it more broad and open for like you know women, men, uh, and other types of products. And uh, yeah. So and then like in the future, I plan to introduce kids shoes, and uh, and you know kind of tie that all together like a fa- a whole family kind of deal. Like you know the father has matching shoes with the son, and the mother has matching shoes with the daughter, and you know just bringing that family that family vibe back to our community. Uh, and yeah, I feel like it'll be cool. That's the future goals for like the shoes and the products, and I want to eventually introduce suits and you know just be a one stop shop. Uh, for where men and women come to shop for their for them, their kids, etc. You know, I feel like it could be like a powerhouse, and uh, I mean, it, it could be as big as I want it to be because <laughs> as big as I can imagine, that's as big as I can take it. <laughs> awesome. Now you can craft your your shoes in Brazil, but you design them, right? Yeah, you did your research. Uh oh. <laughs> yep, they made in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> Made in Brazil. And, and I designed, how, how did that uh, connection happen? How did, how did that connection happen? Uh, so the connection happened, blessing and a curse. Uh, so one of the agents that I found on my search uh, when I was first starting the business, uh, which is in New York, they ended up screwing me over. Um, and they gave me, they said, the first order of shoes came in like three to four months late. Uh, they came in lower quality than what I wanted, defected, you know, they fit narrow, uh, the whole nine yards. And, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I ended up throwing away, like, 60 pairs of shoes from that first order. And then I was like, I already had nothing. Yeah, and then I was back to complete nothing again. Uh, but through social media, again, the factory, so I had been searching for the factory for, like, two or three months after I got the order in, trying to figure out how I could, like, you know, get these shoes reproduced and get, like, higher quality, what I wanted. Um, and, they, and then they found me, and they had been doing the same thing. And they found me through Instagram uh, because I had been getting featured on pages, on shoe pages and stuff. And they sent me an email saying, hey, we're the factory that made the shoes for you. We can make them better. The agent, you know, he was sending the money late. He was asking for lower quality stuff than what we thought you might have wanted. And, you know, we just, just give us a chance to make you more shoes and so we can show you that we can, like, you know, produce shoes, like, the way you want them. And I was like, all right, I eased into it. And ever since then, you know, that happened in 2017. Like, the first year I was full-time into the business with, with nothing. You know, that happened then, and they sent me some samples. And we've been rocking with each other ever since then. Uh, and, yeah, and it's crazy how it happened, though, because 
I had to get screwed over <laughs> big time and, and take that L, which was a lesson, and, and flip that. And uh, and now, you know, I'm, I'm directly in contact with the factory that makes the shoes. So, you know, that, that's, that's pretty cool to be able to, you know, come from a background where you have no business experience, you have no design history, you have no, like, import-export, no logistics, no communicating with factories overseas or nothing, no experience in any of that stuff. And then be able to get in contact with the factory. Uh, so you know, it's all in the plan. I just got. I just always press, press the process, and, uh, and everything typically usually works out because you know I'm living in my purpose. And yeah, that's how that happens. Now you mentioned something, um, and not only uh, interviews, but even our our conversation before this interview, um, we were just talking about how many people that look like us, we don't really network as much together as we should. We don't stick together like we should. Yep. And I, I want you to bring that out in this interview because, um, you know, it, it is difficult finding the mentorship and keeping the mentorship and support. Um, mm-hmm. I know you said you've gone through some pretty interesting times as I are doing what I do. Um, mm-hmm. Why do you think don't stick together? What, what's... We should. We should be. Why do you think that yeah. happens? I feel like it's the crabs in the bucket mentality and the way that our minds, like, work or operate. <laughs> like, we, it, we we think it's, like, it affects our success if we support someone else's business or if they make it before we make it or something like that. You know, we don't come together and, you know, uplift each other and reach back also and, like, help other people up the ladder. So... That that's something that's within our community that I could, I could even say it goes back to slavery, where you know we've been we've been taught to to hate each other or you know not love each other, and you know we also devalue our own products too. So, say for instance, if I if I put my shoes inside a Gucci shoe, and you know my price point is five hundred, somebody would be like, oh well, why am I paying five hundred for this shoe? Like you know, is does it does it match up to Gucci or you know what? Is there so many questions and. You know, or they'll say, um, let me get a discount, you know, or something like that. And we have that problem where we do that with our own people. And if we go to, like, Gucci or Louis or Fendi Prada, et cetera, you know, we don't don't ask that question. But people fail to realize that, you know, brands have to start somewhere. And, you know, we we, we just shoot down our own stuff. Like, I made a video today talking about uh, one reason why a lot of black-owned businesses fail, and it's because we throw them all into the same category. You know, we always say, like, say, for instance, you had one bad customer service experience with with one specific black-owned business. You hop on social media, you say, F all black-owned business because, you know, the customer service is terrible. They always do like this. They're always wrong. They treat the customer bad. And that's based on one experience you have with one black-owned business. But if you go to Walmart and you have a terrible experience, what do you do? You go down the street, around the block, to the next Walmart, and you, you get what you're going to get at the first Walmart. So it's, it's kind of sad right. that we, you know, we do that to our own people. And it's just a mindset thing that has to be changed based on, you know, someone actually stepping up and truly supporting black-owned businesses and, and speaking the truth and, you know, standing for what they mean and not, you know, being, you can't sugarcoat it. You know, you got to tell it how it is. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm on my journey to do, to definitely, like, shift the narrative of our community and shift the mindset uh, on how we view black-owned businesses and the reason, even, even enlighten people on the reason why we say this business is black-owned because, um, you know, representation is key. If our kids, the kids that, you know, come behind us, if they don't see representation outside of selling dope, rap, basketball, football, all that, if they don't see anything from, like, a Fortune 500 standpoint, owning the business, you know, black card, uh, not flashing money, you know, if they don't see 
the positive side of it, they don't think that they can achieve that, you know. So we have to definitely take our image back and 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 then just, you know, that, that's, that's what we have to do. You just hit on a key. Take it back. You know, yep. when you flipped the narrative 50, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, it was a black renaissance movement, and you had um, a thriving NAACP and other organizations that um, were run by middle-class blacks, and many of those middle-class blacks um, had businesses. Mm-hmm. They had business. Think about Motown. Think about um, Philly International. Think about, um, you know, the Apollo Theater and other institutions that were black-run and mm-hmm. very successful. Think about W product, hair products, uh, people who've been around a long, 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 long time. And um, then we had integration. And we stopped going to our own theaters, hotels, clubs, taking our own taxis. We kind of sold out. Yeah. And, that, and uh, mm-hmm. go ahead. I was going to say, I was just about to speak on, like, the Black Wall Street uh, deal. You know, after after that, you know, we we couldn't, well, Black Wall Street, you know, it was the thing because we couldn't shop, we couldn't shop where we can shop now. And I feel like once we were allowed to shop in those places, you know, then we felt, we felt like, okay, we've never been able to shop in these places. Now we have the luxury. This is what we like. We've been wanting to do forever, and we couldn't do it. Now we can do it. So why? And, and then that kind of killed us supporting our own people. You know. So it's kind of crazy how that that kind of like screwed up. You know, the minds of of black people. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been a great chat. Uh, like father, like son. Yes, and that's a spiritual meaning. Why did you name your company that? The like father, like son. Yes. Yeah, just the, uh, because I, I, the first I first wanted to have the same designer shoes for uh, fathers and their sons, and that, that's why. You know, some people ask, "Oh, was your dad a cobbler, or did he design shoes?" I'm like, "No, I just wanted to have the same uh, designer shoes for fathers and their sons to kind of like bring that that connection and that image of a father and a son, you know, back together." Uh, so most most stuff about my business is like you know shifting the narrative and shifting the image of, you know, our community. Um, and, you know, just taking that back and, and painting a, a more dapper and elegant masterpiece for our people in, as, as a whole. This has been a great interview. Thanks so much for being with me. We can reach you on your website. And where else can we reach you? Give us all the yeah, info. So, so the website is uh, www.lslsshoes.com. Uh, the Instagram is the same, shoes. And then the Facebook is also LFLS Shoes. And my personal Instagram is the, so uh, T-H-E, Dr. Dapper. And you'll spell out doctor uh, when you write that. So, yeah, that's how you can get in contact with me and find more stuff about the business as well. Awesome. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Building Abundant Success with Sabrina Marie. Copyright March 9th, 2023.